0: take you to the battleground.
1: That is such a lame band. I know. <laughs> and yet their their fans are so like, no, it's real rock. And it's like, ugh.
0: that song with him on a cruise when we like oh wait no, no it wasn't a cruise we were at a timeshare and like in mexico i think he's at, like um, sing
1: it to my look in my eyes when you sing it <laughs> sing it to me
0: uh, at a resort in masadlan and then it was just like the bar that they had there they did karaoke and we went one night and my dad was like oh you want to sing this song caesar and I was like, "Oh God, no, not really." And but there wasn't really anyone there, so I was like, "Okay, I guess I'll do it." And he just like, he was much more into it than I was. What's so the song? It was what song is that? The uh, Bad Religion one.
2: I don't. That doesn't help. I don't know.
0: Oh, that's I don't know what it's called because it's <laughs> the refrain is like, "There will be sorrow." Oh, oh there, there it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so funny that your dad wants him wants you to sing it to him. Sing it to me.
0: Yeah, why, right. You want me to sing it? Why that song? Him. He wanted me to sing it with him. <laughs> sing it, sing to him? it
1: to him.
0: You sing fool. it again.
1: Sing it to me, Caesar. I know you have it held was up.
0: Already singing it right now. <laughs> Sorrow, oh, dude. God. So good.
2: <laughs> that was fucking takes me back. That takes
0: me way back, way, way back,
1: <laughs> way back. Tuesdays,
0: the,
2: the way back, Wham Boys. That would be. Oh, that boy. would be a good. That was, that uh, was like a tough listen too.
0: Oh, you know what I was thinking of the other day too. Another song. Um, the uh, I think it's Yellow Card, but it's um, uh, the famous one that they had where it's like on the corner of Fifteenth Avenue, Ocean Avenue, the, yeah. Ocean Avenue. There you go. There that you go. Song. Yeah. <laughs> I was singing it to Karina, like, in her face, you know, like, <laughs> how does it go again? Um, uh, I There's just a place to, called
2: I, Ocean Avenue, where the girls have that and
0: stuff <laughs> up <there>. But the <laughs> refrain <laughs> is like, um, if I could find you, no, there things will get, get better. better, if we could leave we this we could town. leave this town and run forever. They were, they had like I a, was to her and she was <laughs> getting so pissed.
2: They had that gnarly uh, violinist on the... That
0: was during the know. age when a lot of guitarists would like... You weren't cool in your music videos unless you were like throwing <laughs> you the throw guitar, around guitar around, <laughs> your,
1: around that's your... That's what I... <laughs> that was big, uh, the bro. The Driven move.
2: That was, you know, remember, remember that the bassist for Driven? Dr. Ivan. Dog. The,
1: the bassist or Dr. Ivan. You did that? Well, no, he was, like, trying to make it all sick, like, dude, check me out, bro. <laughs> you know, really in it. But do you remember a that too move, hard into of it. the
0: guys throwing it around their bodies and, like, catching it afterwards?
1: Ooh, that one goes way back to the 80s, I believe. That's a classic.
0: I just remember had... during that time specifically, you weren't, like, cool. <laughs> you weren't your sick band. unless you were doing that. You weren't that. sick if you, unless you have a guitarist who can fucking do that specifically
2: hey listeners it's josh we didn't really have a good transition out of this conversation so i had to cut a bunch of stuff we're gonna go ahead and formally introduce this week's episode we hope you've enjoyed it so far keep it locked the boys got plenty in store
0: Hey guys and gals and non-binary pals, it's your friends, your fa- your fam, your enemies, you they're both ballers.
2: You started off really strong in that opening and then just fumbled it.
0: I know, I kind of fumbled a little bit. Let me it's start okay. it
2: again. Don't, alright, go ahead.
1: No, there's no starting again. It's in, <laughs> we're in it.
0: Reload. It's okay, dude. I hit the reset button. on let, let me Let me do it again. Let me do it again. Let's see, go ahead. Hello guys, gals and non-binary pals. It's your friends, fam, and enemies. Third World ballers, how are you doing tonight? We're
2: doing great, Caesar. Thank you for getting it right this time. For
0: Thank one, you. I, I had to brush that up and write it down and uh, recite it to myself in the mirror like a little chant.
2: Do you do that? I know you were in a theater. Did you pick up? Have you carried any of those theater skills from, you know, the glorious Wow, basically the Juilliard of the Montebello theater district? Did you carry any? Funny you should
0: ask that funny you should ask that most auditions i would go on stage and uh shit in a bucket to be what? as real as i could wow that's raw that's authentic
1: shit and that's look in raw. their eyes to establish dominance
0: damn yeah dude. my teachers always told me i had a way with style wow you're like the
2: william shakespeare of uh high More school like drama william Shakespeare.
0: Ooh. <laughs> oh got Ooh. him Ooh, God he's, he's
1: on a, a roll, ladies and gentlemen.
2: He's got the he's got the great intro. He's got the great story. He's got the theater skills. He's got it all. Folks.
1: coming in hot. He's got it all. Coming
2: folks. in you know, very
0: hot. <laughs> he's, he's got it all. And why, why are we talking about that? Why are we talking about my past? Why are we, why, we talking about your past? Let's sports. talk about your future. Let's talk about your future, you dude.
2: know
0: Let's talk about both the past and the future. And I'll the talk present. about sex. I'll talk about education. Yeah. Yeah, uh, seriously, we wanted to talk a little bit today about our creative influences and uh things throughout our lives, I guess, that have held a deep impact for us. And um especially when it comes to why we talk about certain things the way we do or why we have a vested interest in certain um, you know, monocultures or even fringe movements. And we understand that a lot of those interest can be problematic but i think that's one of the um that's one of the uh sort of mechanisms of being involved and invested in like this sort of structure that we live in right now where you have to pay to have fans Do you say you have to pay to have fans yeah i mean in a way you you have to because it's uh, it, what I'm saying is like you're paying for fan culture, mm-hmm. so um, I think that that how would you, that, how would you so pay I, for it? You know, I'm I'm not sure what I'm saying anymore. So uh, I was trying to. Are stop you saying it you're there, paying the fans from I, Europe? I Our listeners from the Deutschland from there, but
2: Caesar clearly didn't read the script I gave him this morning and <laughs> he just read the cool intro that i wrote for him and well, then let's was...
1: just restart this episode again oh god
0: oh god i, I got papers <laughs> right here let's go in the
1: do you mean like in like paying for it as in like you need clout to like gain nor notoriety, notoriety
0: in that sense yeah that, that is what i mean um i i what i mean is like you're you welcome have, <laughs> you pay with like so you have to give up certain um certain social statuses in order to gain a certain notoriety, like you're saying, in our culture nowadays, especially because of the system that we've built around fan culture specifically. So um, it's interesting to go back to how that like first triggered us into talking about it both critically and also like objectively in a way that we can just enjoy it for what it is. And then also how that's influenced us on a deeper level through our own through our own work, for instance. So, like, you all talking about uh, theater, I mean, that's not something... I feel like I've carried aspects of theater over to my daily life in terms of, like, how I interact with people and communicate. But in terms of seeking out theater or seeking out, like, acting in plays, fuck no. I am not interested at all do you like think, it's something that i can leave behind
2: do you think that being in theater and having like professors well not excuse me teachers like um stanhope who, who was our english teacher and kind of pushed us to have another person who was a little bit ahead of the curve at Countwall in our to our ap english class who showed us a bunch of film do you think that kind of inspired because you you kind of fell off of your what like your junior year in high school
0: yeah, I mean, I started doing it mainly because like people were just trying to get honey. Like Jewel was involved in it, and Stephen, and then
1: was a good way to get, get out girls of
0: class, and you know, get out of class. Yeah, exactly. Well, good way to get out of class, but yeah, for for sure, having Stanhope and uh, Schmitz, they were pivotal to like a lot of the interests that I carry with me now. And like for instance, I have a tattoo on my leg that's by an artist named Aubrey Beardsley, who was this. Um, who was this uh, artist from Britain back in the like early twentieth century? And uh, he would do mostly like woodwork kind of stuff, and and um, really contrast uh, ink work that I thought was really interesting at the time. I mean, I, it was just such a uh, world, a weird realm to be introduced to at that age, because all you're seeing throughout your life is just like especially for me was censored you know so yeah you came from Schmitt's, a real censored life so total and especially cuz like of my religious upbringing too that made it even harder to interact well, with to, certain things to just that put made it in
2: to, to just put it in perspective i'm sorry to interrupt you for the listeners no, who don't know it. describe kind of who schmitz and stanhope were and like um and Catwall basically and what how what they sort of stood for. Not stood for, but
0: who they What's were. Inter- you know? What's interesting is that Smith, Schmitz and Stano kind of stood on complete opposite ends of ideological spectrums, but they merged together in terms of their passion to like create um enthusiasm in their students or create like a sort a sort of um, want for education yeah. or want for for learning something new. That's a good and, way to put it. Uh, a want for education, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I enjoyed going to Stanhope's class, which we had sophomore year, and he was our English uh, teacher. And I mean, he he had, he had like a curriculum of books that we were supposed to read, and he would say, you know, fuck this, I'm gonna. Choose books that I think would be better than these books, and other teachers would get mad at him for doing that shit because it's like they all had to abide by this strict curriculum, but he decided to steer away from that. And uh, it was the first time I got to see the whole film American History X, and like um, that really was a game changer for me as well. Seeing something like that in the classroom setting, you know, and um, I just liked that he treated us like, intellectual adults, you know? It, it, it. I didn't feel like I was being um, spoken at. I was talking alongside him. He was yeah. really interested in uh, in our ideas and stuff.
2: And it's kind of and sad that he was, like... I mean, it's great for us because we actually took his message and what he was trying to accomplish with the students, but, I mean, you know the type of, like, people we went to high school with. They didn't give a fuck about, like, what he was trying to preach, and... I'm sure as a, like, teacher, that's super discouraging. You have a bunch of, like, kids who don't give a fuck or are ungrateful of, like, this actual education this guy's bringing, you know? And, like, I just kind of always kind of felt bad for the guy. I think that's why I kind of liked him. Me too. Yeah. And especially Schmitz. He was a hopeless figure in that sense. But
0: then that's the thing, like schmidt on the complete opposite end did not give a fuck what people thought about him regardless like (laughs) he was pretty badass actually and that's what i liked about him as well because that was we had him during our senior year so it's like i like that it's almost like we upgraded in a way but also you're going from this kind of nascent period of being introduced to a certain themes and ideas with stanhope and then you move on to this very uh kind of advanced stage very advanced with schmitz like we we're reading jorge luis borges in fucking Sh- schmitz's class about uh we were breaking the, down we were breaking down heart of labyrinths Dar- yeah and um, we were breaking down
2: heart of darkness and like gnarly ass and heart of
0: uh, yeah yeah and like, and
2: these gnarly ass essays that we had around. he was like doing some college level shit like that was dope
0: exactly and like uh, I remember one board guest story specifically we had to dissect was the library of Babel and it was a in i mean I'm sure a lot of people might be familiar with the story but it's just a short story basically that um, is about uh it conceives of a universe in the form of a library in which uh every book that you every book that you would ever want to read would be in this library, except uh, this one person who's like lost in it is trying to find uh, the the library that depicts like the first book that was in the library Uh and people just go mad going through this library, trying to find it basically. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great story.
2: We definitely had an advantage in high school over a lot of the students there. And I think that's kind of definitely shaped. I mean, you're the most impressionable and influenced, influential, not influential, but Im- impressionable in high school. So I'm pretty thankful we had those dudes as our teachers, as much as we used to <laughs> clown on them. I know we did clown. I used to fall asleep in his class a lot. I'm not even going to front. But the so times struck way. Way. me as a, Yeah.
1: They struck me as, like teachers who, they struck me as teachers who just felt like, why are you guys here? Like,
2: yeah, honestly. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And like, even
1: now, I still kind of think that. If anything, it's been more reinforced. I mean, I understand why, but you know, they just never really fit in with yeah. all the oddball teachers we had.
0: Definitely, even though they not. were they, kind no, of man, odd themselves. Oddball is such a fucking good word. Like, <laughs> just like screwheads, you know, like yeah. complete dipshits. Just, I mean, yeah, the, teachers who were like young and underqualified, why, exactly. And then like older only, teachers
1: who just. Were I mean, what was her name? The one who taught religion? Uh, like Lopez. It was like, yeah. I mean, fuck. Come on.
0: What yeah, was that? That woman was suffering from like post-traumatic stress syndrome and like Heavily. teaching. It's and not her even dead husband's uh, overgrown T-shirts. Like, dude, there's people with some real problems working at this school trying to teach us boring ass subjects like religion. Like. Uh,
1: even I mean, Mr. Montoya was just a bizarre guy. When you really go, think about it,
0: I mean, okay, we're talking about creative influences here. Yeah, let's pop the okay, I True. Think Let's Montoyer, not let's not get too intense. Well, let hold, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Wrap up the high school That's chapter of
2: our lives, dude. <laughs> bring us home.
0: the The point is, Stanhope and Schmidt's definitely a big, big influence on a lot of the interests that we have now. A lot of the films that we talk about. Uh, a lot of the literature I read, a lot of uh, the art, um, everything about it is has stems from, like, a lot of the ideas that they invoked upon us. Um, and then moving out of that, I mean, what about y'all? Like,
2: Yeah, I mean, that was our about- direct high school influence for sure. And I think that really helped shape me now as an adult and creative person um some stuff back in high school like what were some of your guys's like musical influences at least because for me music is probably as much as like literature and film have a big impact on my life i would say music is definitely the biggest so i want to hear what y'all where y'all's influences kind of stemmed from
1: i don't think there was a particular teacher who really influenced me in high school i think a lot of the more educational mentors came more post high school uh More in college, but I guess in high school, as far as like, I know, but I'm saying, hold on, (laughs) please, rude, but as far as music, that was more, that was definitely not like any particular teacher. I don't think any teacher really spoke about it, unless Mr. Dominguez kind of talked about like the talking heads. I'm not talking about
2: teachers, just just in general, like from your youth. In high school? Yeah, yeah. high uh, school, middle school, like where was your first like real concrete impact of music that kind of you still can reference back to and be like, that's kind of why what I'm listening to now. I mean, obviously your taste would, in music evolves, but I just want to hear what y'all, where y'all influenced. Uh,
1: probably junior years when I finally started to really delve into music more on my own, more towards the end, of yeah. sophomore, leading mm-hmm. into junior. That's when I got into like Led Zeppelin, yeah. Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. kind of like your starter bands in a lot of ways. It's nothing like the, super like yeah. deep or anything like that but that was pretty influential because that like yeah set the ground for all modern rock in a way and it's, it's to go back to the root of it so yeah. led zeppelin was a very big one that
0: was like i feel like everyone had that phase in high school too the led zeppelin yeah, yeah. like yeah like every single one it's of us big went one. from that you know post-modern rock to like i mean depending on your style like for me punk rock or punk or whatever or just like and then going back to like yeah. cla- like classic rock and shit was i don't know even like <laughs> fucking <laughs> go ahead <laughs> and uh even like <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, i i don't know if it would be called glam rock or AC/DC like hair metal, I guess, like fucking hair poison, that band poison. You went through a poison oh, I don't know phase. if I was
1: super into that. You went through a poison phase?
0: Honestly, there was a little phase where I was into poison.
1: <laughs> You're just banging to smoking in
0: the boys' room. <laughs> smoking in the boys' room! <laughs> but that is funny. Like, I mean... <laughs> It seems like I feel like everybody is, has to go through that though. Oh, you know, goes it's just like adolescence, music. finding yeah. like. I was a big. Everybody, uh, has, to a
2: big, uh, everybody uh,
1: has to get into shitty music. I was
2: a big pop-a-roach that's, guy at first. I used to pop-a-roach, love. I used to hilarious. love cut
1: my life into pieces. This don't is it. my
2: last friends. I loved that shit. When I, was uh, there. I used to like Evanescence. Like that so new metal thing. Shitty, oh, totally. There was a big
1: new metal thing going on. So I had Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park was big for me too. But that was more when I was like twelve years old, eleven.
2: They're like the easiest to it learn lyrics. It starts
1: with one,
2: one thing. Yeah, there R. I. You go. R. I.
1: I don't R. I. know
0: why. Yeah, the this one How hard to try. R.I.P.
2: So you would say no, junior year, high know, school is when you... My parents
0: censored me so much when I was younger. Yeah. When I when that song came out, I thought it was the sickest song ever, Linkin Park. Um, what is that song called? I don't even know. In the End? In the End, oh, yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? Um my dad didn't let me sing it. He would like every time I would play, he would change the station. He wouldn't let me he wouldn't <laughs> allow me to sing it. And I, we just I always around around, like, we should get your dad on I was, God. always wondered why and he was and then I asked him and he said, Oh, it just I don't like the message that it sends. And I asked him, What message are you talking about? And he said Killing yourself. In the end it doesn't even matter. No matter how hard you try, it it will always matter, Caesar. It will always matter how hard you try. Your dad was and such was, a noble dude. dude. And that was it.
2: Damn. So you had a well, you, you was, had a pretty unique upbringing in terms of you being censored all the time, Caesar. So how'd you get exposed to some of the? Because you, I remember you in high school, you were super into punk. You're all about the patches and looking sick, and well, you that. don't give a fuck about society, you still don't You're know. You were a, a You were a, a
0: fucking You were crust. elevating my ass to that level, because I was definitely not. Bring you coke. Um, I I mean, see, that's the thing. My brother, my older brother thankfully, got into music younger than I did, so he influenced a lot of my taste in terms of looking for punk music specifically, because like, I got into punk through like fucking... Uh, no effects and shit and random bands like that you know Social anti-flag or whatever indeed. and um, uh-huh. <laughs> and then from there moved into the deeper side of punk that I, that was much more raw and just kind of trashy and yeah, that caught on to me more because then I realized damn this sounds like actual like, music it, this sounds like what punk what the word punk means to me and also I know my parents will hate it because uh, they won't <laughs> understand it. Like, that was my mentality. Like, oh, they're not going to understand me. You know, yeah, I'm so cool if I listen to no this music. Do they, they don't get me. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I think that helped a lot, though, because I did grow a deep affinity for punk music. Because when I started, when I met you, Josh, for instance, like, you introduced me to this whole other side of punk that was like even more, uh, much more political in some regards and also like,
2: Oh, in a lot well, of regards, yeah.
0: as well. Like from yeah. crass to subhumans, a lot of a lot more of the uh, the UK scene for sure, but yeah. still.
2: I was I mean, I feel like having older brothers definitely influences and you get exposed to stuff a lot faster. Yeah, and that's I, true. I didn't have any I didn't have siblings, so I was based
0: That really um, does help. Yeah. You're so right. what was yours um, then? How did you I mean, like Well,
2: my I grew I grew up in East LA. You know, I this going to my punk punk roots, whatever. And my family's, like, really big into metal and punk and shit. So my mom was always listening to that stuff, surprisingly. Yeah, and so my mom's, like, a big metalhead. So I was already ha- I already had that. And then I went to school in East L.A. And that's, when, like, when backyard parties were, like, super huge. I mean, I'm sure they're super huge still. But even in middle school, I remember this one girl. Like, she would always, be like, be going to shows. And I'm like, damn, girl, ain't she got a curfew? It's like, we're, like, in seventh grade. What the fuck? And then uh, she was really into punk and I was really, in, like, that's how that's how I got more exposed to like more of the underground like subhumans like you were mentioning and especially Crass. Mm. I remember she was she would always draw the symbol and I was like what is that like cuz a lot of the punk imagery is too is what drew me to it cuz it looks it has Definitely. a cool aesthetic for sure you know like monochrome it felt very
0: occultic light. like and that's sure. another reason why is, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. So
2: I've always kind of had the influence of like punk and metal since girl grow, like growing up cuz that's what was played around me like since I was a little ass Youngster, so I what well, I made up for siblings I had in like my parental units. Huh, that's really yeah, well, cool. Well, I mean,
1: that's a big thing too. I think high school it's so easy to share music because you have to see each other every day, so it's easy to just share Dude, CDs yeah, or like, school, hey, are you listening like a, to that? It
2: was like a territory thing. Like you were in a, inclusive of a group if you listen to a certain type of music. Like for like in middle school, no, middle school in high school. Like my first two years, I was like. All in the metal and punk, and like anything related to dance music or any of that shit. I was like, I'll oh, get that shit away from me. Like, those people are lame,
0: whatever. Was, even hip hop for me, even hip hop for a long like, time. Ugh, yeah, hip hop sucks. Yeah, I was like, nah, really? what the fuck is this? Like, I honestly, like, there yeah. was only very, very few songs that I, I liked, but everything else, like, especially because having sisters, they were listening to Usher for a long time Yay. and Ja Rule and like Cisco and growing that's up like R&B. with that i know but still it just i just after hearing all a lot of that for a long time i just what i don't know once i started finding my own music image. i just didn't see a need to go back to to that you know yeah, yeah that would true. scare me away from it too well right. it's funny
2: that you say that because my that kind of happened for me towards later in high school with my mom because she's like all in a punk and Metal and it was just played so much. I kind of was like, I'm over this. Like, get this. I'm sick of hearing these guitar solos and shit, and people screaming. Like, I just, I want to listen to music I can just like chill out to and relax to. Definitely. And that's sort of what steered me into hip hop because I know nah, I'm. I, mean, I would not say I hated hip hop. I just didn't really listen to it. Like, I knew who mm. some artists were and like I knew like some songs were catchy and shit. But I was never like big into that growing up for sure. And I always thought mm. it was kind of like out of my normal because i told you like being into punk you're like in this inclusive group that doesn't want to accept any other kind of music especially at that age i feel so yeah
1: i mean i guess for me it was like a reverse because of my brothers being like 10 and 12 years older and it's like during the 90s so that g-funk west coast hip-hop was really big yeah. growing up for me
2: oh let's see that's, yeah,
1: that's dope, and man. then i didn't really have any punk background until i'd really met caesar so it was more hip-hop for me and then as i was like 13 or 12 i started to discover like naz and ilmatic and pete rock and that's where it started to like <laughs> being a jumping off stone to like other hip-hop artists yeah but i wasn't really into like at that point modern hip-hop mm-hmm. so you're like soldier boys i wasn't really oh caesar was big in a
2: soldier boy he would say Soulja Boy I and know he across was campus <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of superman. a superman vertical uh, influence for me. Yeah, it that at, at that very moment you knew that um,
0: Soldier Boy was It was Boy at was that guy. very moment that Caesar was standing upon the cafeteria table <laughs> that he realized this was meant for him. Soldier Boy, you he did. flew
2: away when he did the Superman.
0: Was, his spirit flew right out It was out when he body. did the Superman and he floated across the table <laughs>
2: to the crowd. Superman, that home. up. And then he cranked that it was too so hard. That was big. And that was it. That was really big. And then he cranked it. And you know what? I never – I hated all that music, like fucking Ying Yang Twins and Lil Jon. And now I love that shit.
0: Yeah, now I get enough of it sometimes. I definitely um, like Lloyd. There was definitely that point where – There was uh, a turn. That I like to call the summer of hip-hop, which was after we had graduated. And it was the uh, summer between – after we had just graduated, before we started our first year in college. Mm-hmm. And um, that was when we, Josh, and Ralph would hang out periodically like every single day to go to the park behind my house. And that was just a summer of just exploring hip hop as a as just a genre on a massive scale, especially because we started finding out we could download zip files online and get whole albums. So that led me into this entire territory of hip hop that I had never known of that just immediately like took me in. Like I mean, for the first ever hip hop groups that I actually started to enjoy were hieroglyphics and MF Doom. And They've always remained some of my favorite MCs. Yeah, since I'm gonna.
2: Then. I'm gonna keep it. I think MF Doom definitely was where I really knew I really loved hip hop. I don't know. I, I'm sure Adult Swim. I heard it and knew who he was because he's MF Doom. You know, like kind of not. Everybody knows who he is. And yeah. I remember buying food on CD at Omeba. Like I can remember the day going to go get it in high school and like played that cd back and forth so many fucking times dude that's a fucking great one to be exposed to at first mm-hmm. dude, for, for me I mean, it
1: was uh danger mouse or danger doom
2: oh yeah that's a good one too man that one's fucking sick so that, as that one, was all of definitely this adult series. swim
1: coming through
2: yeah adult swim uh, you know actually as far a as huge influences influence.
1: i think we've talked about this adult swim was yeah. a huge influence both in comedy yeah and music and just the yeah. arts everything it's it's got such a wide reaching influence that it's funny to like trace it back to things that i still like now
2: yeah dude comedy, comedy especially dude the things i laugh yeah. at i for sure can trace back to adult swim and the type i of can humor almost see
1: why people think like that would warp a childhood cuz it did but in a good way <laughs>
0: in a good way it's not like it made me to hate I people i think it bullshit. was ness it was kind of necessary because they were so counter yeah culture and that's like adult swim has always been counterculture for sure but then yeah. it was also i think it was influencing young minds in a way to look at television as not just this realm of fiction like that you can warp that sense of fiction to make it feel real and kind of like unnerving and uncomfortable <laughs> because they definitely. deal with themes oh, that most are real are, yeah. and that are natural you know
1: and that was definitely the first time I ever felt like unnerved or uncomfortable about a joke, or feeling like I don't get this, or it's like just really like just straight up black comedy. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly, yeah.
2: that was hilarious.
1: that in Wonder shows and and like MTV2 briefly.
2: Yeah, Andy Milonakis show that was some early comedy show right there. True, I loved that show. But yeah, yeah it I, was funny. I think music just has such a far reach. We can keep going on and on and on about our musical influences. But just what are some uh, what are some of your guys' just general inf- like what mo who who or maybe not even who, but what what motivates you guys to maybe even make this podcast, easier to make your comics, to to keep shooting film, like to just be creative.
1: I mean, it comes from anywhere for me. Wherever it comes, you know, music. There's no specific like You know, everybody, there's so many artists out there, regardless of branch of the creative arts that you're in, that has an impact on me. I could listen to, like, "Mm food, and somehow that'll conjure an image in my mind, and I'll feel like, you know what, maybe I'll get a little video of that, or I'll try to take a photo, or I'll draw something that that inspired, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, It doesn't come from one place. That's how I like to see it, because it it lets me be open to everything, Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, oh, I can only get it from this, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel that for sure. For me, with um, well, I guess like, cause it's kind of two parts. Like with making the podcast specifically, it's just I wanna, I just wanna feel like I have, I have like things to say i feel i want i just want to feel like i have what i say is important in, yeah in yeah. some regard you no know? I, I get it yeah and like i feel like a, having air. a podcast where you can talk shit on these like elitist uh sort of cronies and doppelgangers and reptiles mm-hmm. you yeah. can just you're able to feel more empowered about yourself in that regard and i think that helps a lot so that's kind of yeah. why i continue doing the podcast specifically and then for my own creative endeavors. I think it's just a matter of if you, it's very therapeutic for me. It's I, I like drawing comics specifically because it just feels good to make something from nothing and be able to control it and manipulate it in whatever fashion I want to, and just have uh, like be trying to master and dominate that kind of form. And with like making comics specifically, I think I, that helps me a lot because it is a very individual project, but then um, it also is kind of lonesome in a way, too, because you do really have to get inside yourself to find the inspiration or to find yeah. certain memories that you want to recreate, or, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, especially when it comes to writing with comics. You the words are always there in your head. And for me, yeah. I create along the way. I never have a story planned out. Oh, I really? like That's interesting. No, never. Wow. I just kind of I start with a page and like I make the panels and I draw that first, you know, page and yeah. I and I feel it out and I start thinking about that page and like ideas in my head that I've wanted to to write or to create and yeah. I just try and meld that and then go along and then create it as
2: i go that's cool that you say that because when i put together mixes um i'd much rather like just pick start pulling like look through my record collection just pick records you know and let it flow naturally then instead of like having this premeditated like i'm gonna do a b and c and i'm gonna make this go to c at this point to d you know like mm-hmm. i let the theme and the mood create itself like i went through a phase exactly. where i was um I was structuring my mixes, and it was cool. Like the end product is great, you know, because you put practice into it, and you really think out like your whatever you're gonna create. But it just wasn't like as gratifying to not to like do not do it on a, the fly, you know, like something about I'm so free to have
1: that looseness. Yeah, you know? creating
2: the mood loosely as opposed to like if because then it, it takes the pressure off of not fulfilling that mood, you know. Then you're like,
1: fuck, I didn't uh, got to do it again.
2: Whereas, like, if I yeah, just kind of fuck it, up, it's like a na- it feels so frustrating natural. Frustrating it was very frustrating well. too. So it's cool to hear that you say that's how you create your comics too, because I never knew what your method was. But I for me,
0: I think it's like I think uh, when I think of that idea, I think of like specifically going. It's funny how this circle of conversation is kind of completing itself because like the themes that we're talking about are very Borgesian in a way. Because I'm a badass host, reading- dude.
2: What you know about that.
0: <laughs> well, I after reading his bit. short stories, he like he likes this idea of uh, does the writer create the story or does the story create the writer? You know, mm, so like, like that. Yeah. what is ex- who, who exactly is creating the words coming out? Is that yeah. and who is this mind's voice that is creating that and giving you that incentive to make I your like creation? That. Yeah. So it's I think it's interesting because for me, that's how I see comics. It's like I want I have an idea. And I just link it from there and make this sort of pathway for myself. And I don't know, sometimes I never have an ending and I know that sometimes that can make it more difficult to understand when I show people. But, in, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't need to make it for someone, you know? This is more for yeah, your... just like, like I said, for myself in a way because yeah, it, it feels the ending, therapeutic yeah. to do.
2: Yeah. And as long as I feel like you do it for yourself and I think... For me, that's one of my biggest motivations and kind of a reoccurring theme in my mind when I get like discouraged because we quite of fumbled in the beginning of this episode talking about like what was what did you say, Caesar, about the culture and we live in right now and you want validation for like what you're doing and you're like you need to get a sense of like likes and you talked about like followers and stuff like that in the beginning, you know? yeah you so, talked so, about like,
0: that in other episodes as well maybe, yeah so well just as as it means to like influence yeah in yeah. that regard to
2: be an influencer too yeah so i oftentimes really get discouraged because we have instagram we have like twitter and I nice just see all my like friends or not even just direct friends with people my age like doing so much shit and then like guess building a following from that too so it's discouraging to see that sometimes but what keeps me motivated is just to be like well just do it for yourself like nobody gives a fuck if you do it or not. Like you have to do it for yourself and you have to like enjoy doing it. You're not trying to please anybody else. So like please yourself. So I think just finding joy in the things that I do day to day without having a goal of impressing anybody is probably what really put motivates me and lights a fire under me too, because I don't want to be living my mundane life day to day. I mean, not to say my life is mundane or anything, but I like excitement. I like change in my life too. So I can't find that change by looking at some. What else is someone? What someone else is doing? I just need to stay motivated and push myself. I guess.
1: Yeah, it's a fruitless endeavor to like compare yourself it or really s- desperately seek that validation, especially in today's like super social media heavy. Yeah, world. Yeah, like I think the only validation just, you're, you're never really gonna, need you're never really gonna reach a peak, or and if you do, it's just kind of sad. Yeah, and like, uh, I think especially for anybody who's creative it should just be about yourself and if people fuck with you they fuck with you and if not well then whatever and then i always hear too like
2: the journey is what's the most important part you know like the fun you're having now and the like moments you're creating to get to where everyone always has an end goal to some extent you know but you should really just enjoy the moments that you have right now and that you have in control of yourself so a big inspiration for me too is just being happy in the things that i'm doing too if i'm not happy or enjoying myself doing something i'm gonna like I, i just walk away from it sometimes like I think that's been kind of a problem with me, too, because, like, maybe even, like, learning instruments when I was growing up, I just kind of gave up from the challenge. I didn't really realize the challenge is the best part of, like, learning an instrument, too, you know, so I would get frustrated. So I think I had to learn that um, the hard way because I didn't learn my instrument better. But I'm learning now, and I'm learning to appreciate the learning curve and stuff like that and the struggle because it is really, to me, the most fun part. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're a kid, it's just so different. You want that instant gratification. And you know yeah, that as yeah. an adult, it That's takes time it from experience, yeah. be it whatever it is. You know, you kind of know that it's more of a day-to-day process and not like an overnight success. Mm-hmm.
2: Totally. Yeah.
1: And I definitely do feel that as well. I've had that discouraging. I mean, even this morning, when I just look at my photos, it's like, you know, even though I don't want to, sometimes it's hard to not like upload something and kind of check on to see how it's doing or how it's being received Yeah. you know and I mean, it's not yeah. something that i'm trying to like put myself down it just it happens even when i don't want it to yeah and so i have to almost always like talk my way around it. and it's like no it's fine like like
2: just do you keep know doing, you i'm like just it, overthinking it. It. it yeah like if you want if an audience is going to understand what you're doing then they'll come naturally there's no sense in like breaking your back Yeah,
1: overthinking it overthinking yeah because it, yeah. there's only so much you can do especially once it's out there like you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Like I said, it's just a fruitless endeavor. Like yeah. you'll get nothing from it, and you'll just probably be more depressed or dissatisfied by yeah. what comes of it.
2: And the best people that I've been influenced by, I never give a fuck. Like every time I hear interviews about them, they don't give a fuck about like
0: Definitely. what people yeah. were trying
2: to understand. Like so today, I was like, I've been because we're doing uh, gonna do that jazz mix I told you guys about for our next series, and I've been uh, brushing up on some of my jazz interviews with some of the like mm-hmm. older jazz cats because I want to sample that a little bit. Um, and I will just I've just been watching a lot of Sun Ra like that guy made music just specifically for himself and like to be more in tune with the world. And he didn't give a shit what anybody thought of like he redefined music, you know, and people, mm-hmm. yeah. people were receptive to it because it was authentic and it, he was coming from a genuine place. That was beautiful for him. It was an honest, yeah, expression of music. And people, I mean, if you listen to Son Raw, sometimes you're like, is this even really music? But then when you hear him talk about it, he's like, yeah, of course, if you don't understand what, how I feel, you're not going to understand what my music is and why it speaks to me so much. And he's like, that's cool mm-hmm. too. So I'll just keep making
0: it. But, Taste yeah. is so subjective in some regards. But then it's also, I mean, because. Music is. We've talked about this before, but like music, is such a universal language, you know. And yeah, every it's it's so much more about feeling. And then with the kind of niche cultures that we're invested in, I mean, specifically with comics too. It's there. Are, it's. I think for me, it's it's really easy to get discouraged because you just look out there at so many of the artists that are just. I mean, it's so easy to get in that that mode because every like you're saying, all these social media sites that are out there create that environment for you to feed into it and want to be like that. And and, and also really put always in your... make you feel like you're not doing enough, so you have to keep, yeah. keep doing more. And also and really putting in your face I that can't, like I can't pedal my content like that. Like I just mm-hmm. don't feel connected yeah to a network in that sense that i need to i need to expose myself excoriate myself in order Mm -hmm. to reveal this like hidden you know mystery behind me it's like can't i just put my work out there and people respond to it you know instead of having to make like a caricature of myself to sell what i want i don't and
2: i get you it's kind of a bummer now though that that's how it is that is you want to you have to you have to slice of yourself a little bit to gain exposure because i mean we all kind of want some degree of exposure too but oh we definitely do it's hard to like succumb to make like you said making a caricature of yourself going through the motions of the like that have been put in place to get that level of exposure and i think it's even harder too, like with the environment that we're in because even if you just go on the discovery page you really see the abundance of like related content that people are creating that are resemble yours, you know, too. So it, it makes it even more daunting. I feel like as useful yeah. as a social media tool is, it's fucking also like, it's like a double edged sword basically.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because inadvertently you follow other people who are creative and exactly, who are similar yeah. to what you're trying to do and you want exactly. to do and that you get inspiration. But yeah. like you said, it is a double edged sword because then you're comparing yourself to them and you're just, it's almost that thing that you wanted to be a positive is having this like weird negative like fallback on you because totally now you're comparing do. it to them and you're seeing their work constantly and it's yeah. it's so easy to just look at their stuff and then look at your stuff and just kinda of feel a little bit disappointed or it's like, Well, why can't I do that or why yeah. can't I be received the way they are? Yeah,
2: it it's sucks, tough. dude. It sucks, yeah. But we gotta just, you know, but, uh, stay in your lane and not let that shit get to you because
1: you know, I was actually just reading this book uh, by Brian Cranston called My Life in Parts and it's dude. really you were good. You his
2: Wikipedia hmm? page. Go ahead. You weren't reading no book.
1: No, it's fucking great. So, anyways, it's a he basically was talking about the whole audition process and what he said was he was getting so uh, discouraged and disappointed by constantly doing this and feeling like what do they want from me? And the way he brought it down was he stopped trying to see it creativity as this like endeavor of what you want to get and instead of just more like you're giving something to people and however that's Mm -hmm. received you just throw it out there and you just kind of walk away from it and forget about it yeah stop like lose that sense of expectation of how you think things should be received yeah and you'll feel so much more creatively liberated and that'll push you to to be more riskier be more upfront. Mm. you know just push your boundaries and i it's it's relevant now
2: yeah, I, having that ex level of expectation of how you expect things should be always kind of fucks you over, and not in the end because it's good to have an expectation of something. But if you, just, but yeah. if you do it just to for the sake of doing it and getting that creative, you know, itch out, then I think that's going to go to carry itself further, and you're going to feel more proud of the content that you're creating and less critical of what you're doing. Because like I was saying, like when I make a mix, if I'm trying to set a mood and I don't and I put songs together and I don't make that mood. Then I'm like, fuck! I don't even want to do it now. I'm like so discouraged. Like I feel like I sound like shit. But if I'm just doing it, and if if there's a little natural fuck up, but it just comes naturally, I I feel so much more happier about it. And then being able to just walk away and say, like, hey, I'm doing it. Like it feels good. Like this is one of the callings I have in life, and I'm gonna keep answering to it and never ignore that push. It takes like that
0: complete devotion. What you're gonna get? Complete devotion. Yeah. Complete devotion to the art as as it stands as an art yeah. in general, you know, cause like trying to amount to, I don't know. Cause when we get to those technical parts of it, the way that you were talking about earlier in terms of how our minds work with um, letting it flow and and come naturally to us instead of trying to, you know, basically convey images out of clouds and just like trying to, you know make everything so regimented to uh, a list from which you can follow and make sure everything lines up to that and i just that's never the way my mind's operated with things i just Me i neither. get so much more satisfaction out of creating something for the sake of creation rather yeah. than creating something so someone will respond to it in a specific manner yeah
2: i totally Feel you on them, and then it stems back to doing it just for yourself, you know. And I think letting yourself be your biggest source of inspiration is critical in anybody's life, too, because you have to, like, at the end of the day, you really just have to do it for yourself. I mean, it's good to be influenced by people and kind of want to be have that same drive as others, but at the end of the day, you're your biggest fan, and you're the only person that's gonna get your back in the end, you know. Live alone, die alone, yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah but i mean if you don't like your shit then how do you expect anybody to like your shit
2: exactly you gotta like day. your shit first be proud and it
1: uh it's there you know people yeah. could feed us uh, somehow some way people do like pick up on these little things if you're discouraging yourself confidence, the dude, people
2: pick, will pick up on confidence so well you know they that shit just reads off of people even in even in like a post you may put up you know or just anything you do conf- people just really respond to confidence i feel
0: yeah,
1: they do because
0: some they, people just get lucky too.
2: Yeah, some people yeah, just got it. It's
0: just perfectly timed. I mean, some people just really have their their proxim their physical proximity to certain things are just more in the realm of succeeding for them than others. It's,
1: yeah.
0: I mean I mean in this day and I age, just it, feel
1: like in it's, this how, day and age, it's also you know, how often you're committed to it as well, because yeah. nobody starts off good. Very rarely are there people who are just like oh, yeah. So naturally natural gifted, talents. even yeah, yeah, like even the natural talent still needs to put work in. I mean, yeah, like, dude, they still have to put countless of hours. Yeah, I mean, look at course.
2: look at uh, yeah, yeah. little He, you think he's not taking a break from the studio? Lil Xan is in that studio all the fucking time, dude. He's the hardest working man in the SoundCloud rapper game. He's so, like the Ryan. Not anymore, of SoundCloud Rappers,
0: to, dude. Don't apparently Hot Cheetos took him out. Hot Cheetos took his Lil Xan out. I'm just kidding about yeah. Processing. Apparently, he's in the hospital, or he was in the hospital due to do some hot Cheetos overeating. Oh,
1: man. That's bullshit. That's, <laughs> he's overdoing such a something. Stunt. Check it
2: out, Christ. dude. Anyways, let's not talk about Lil Ten. Yeah. But you know what? You know, let's talk about them too, because it, I talking he's about really proximity. Good. People who are in the right place at the right time. I mean, I, I don't. Know, I don't know if he has talent. I don't know if you want to call that talent, but he he's, he's a, definitely
1: smart enough to harp on the right moment yeah and hey he could walk away and come out with millions of people
2: people like him who are you know the juxtaposition of the people that fully inspire me um are also people who inspire me too because i don't i see these people who are like with minimal talent minimal effort of doing something and even like they have a big following and they may say they're good or whatever. But like, if you hear it, you're like, okay, this is just some commercial shit. That type of shit inspires me too. Because like, if these people can make a living out of doing something that's like an art or something that I'm sure they have a love for, maybe not a passion for, like why the fuck can't I like, you know, like I actually love something. I feel like I'm good at something. I feel like I have a drive and like, I feel like I don't, I have this like urge to not be where I'm at now and, reach this higher pedestal of life whatever the fuck it may be so i'm always looking at these takashis and these people who are just flaunting their wealth kind of taking it for granted in front of me as inspiration too, to not be like them but also yeah. reach that sort of personal successes they have through my own you know real artistic means
1: i mean there's always something to learn even from the people that you don't like and it's hard to say sometimes, but it's true. Like if you're gonna be- close yourself off to that, then you know maybe you're not as open to really wanting it.
2: Art of War, dude, you gotta know your enemy. Is that in the Art true. of War? or sure might be, but.
0: Was six Sun Tzu?
2: Sun Tzu, yeah. You can't. The... That's why I always say, like, I don't want to just criticize shit without knowing about it. You know, that's why. I... That's yeah, why it's why easy it's, to criticize. It's the uh, most. Know, gu- yeah.
1: It's it's a natural reaction, and sometimes. It's valid, but, you yeah. know, it's it's an easy way out. It's harder oh. to look past yourself and what you think that you're better than somebody and actually be like, well, there's got to be something, a takeaway from it, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a point of reference, really, to be like, well, I definitely don't sound like that. And I definitely yeah. don't look like that or whatever, regardless of what I'm creating, you know? So, Excuse me, I just burped a little bit. But, uh, burp, burp. yeah, it was good to hear that from y'all's kind of... Especially you, Caesar, with the whole creating on the fly. That's cool to hear about your comics.
0: Hopefully, I mean, I'm finishing s- some up right now. And once this is done, I hope I can get them out as soon as I can. Because yeah. I've been sitting on so much material for a while. It's It just feels... Drop some for the
2: Patreon,
0: dude. For the Patreon, dude. You want to see my for one, the dude. Patty,
2: dude. Drop it for the Patty. Um, but, you know, I wanted to talk about this episode i'm just gonna segue to i saw that quincy jones documentary have you guys seen that on netflix not yet Uh -uh. it's pretty badass y'all should check it out but that dude was fucking such a workhorse and had such an influence in like so many realms of music especially jazz like early jazz and even like frank sinatra and He's I don't he's the guy who made Michael Jackson who Michael Jackson is today essentially so I was really inspired by that dude while watching that shit.
0: So Apparently definitely... he had sex with Ivanka. Really? Yeah. Or it wasn't a fun, yeah Wait, Ivanka you came or out it... with this expose and um, his daughter? And I think in Vulture magazine or something. It was either his daughter. I think I'm pretty sure it was him. it was her because he. He did this whole interview that was really, really out there. He like said he knew a bunch of information in regards to JFK's assassination. Quincy Jones did it. Yeah, (laughs) you have to read it. It's like an (laughs) it's like reading an acid trip that this guy is remembering. Well, I mean, the dude's
2: like eighty years old and still flies all over the world, so I'm not surprised his brain's a little all over the place it,
0: yeah definitely but it's a really funny interview and it just really gets into this darker side of the music industry
1: Ooh. you know he's rubbed elbows with so many popular people that it's probably not too crazy to pick up it, some secondhand exactly. information
2: yeah dude he was everywhere he dude he had so much of an influence it's crazy like he literally was everywhere like think of it
1: if you're personable enough, people will let things slip, even if things that they shouldn't, you know. It just happens. Yeah. Not everybody's like a safe that's perfectly yeah. like ready to not give out information. Things just slip out.
2: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Quincy Jones has any information. Do we gonna are we gonna believe it if he exposes it? Probably not, but it'd be cool to hear. Get Probably him on not. should get him on Joe yeah. Rogan and have him talk to Eddie Bravo about their conspiracies. <laughs> Quincy Jones, you here, what do you got for us?
0: It'd be crazy Uh, if everything he knew was was true.
2: (laughs) I mean, the guy was born in the 30s, dude. That guy has seen some shit. Yeah, Yeah, that is true. 30s, bro. Do you know what life was like back then?
0: Yeah, it's it had to have been really weird. I mean, just casual racism all the time. You know, segregation. Segregation.
2: His mom, his grandmother, who he was. How, who helped raise him actually was a runaway slave so wow that's, that's even crazy. crazy to have like someone have someone be alive now who has spoken with <laughs> someone that was in slavery times like that's, man, that's speaking, of gener- yeah, speaking of influence. yeah speaking of tough
0: slavery man big influence
2: <laughs> yeah i'll say too. <laughs> Definitely it was a huge impact on this country
0: yeah, big influence on American culture. Yeah, it's just as interesting though to to hear his story
2: and like like I said, I mean his family was born in segre- during the time of heavy heavy segregation and racism. And to see him come up through his own creative means and he had a passion that outgrew all those like negative connotations of that era, you know. So that guy really inspired he, me. He made it. He made he more than made it. Dude, he he is it. Like if you think of music like he made like that's true like frank sinatra you know like he he conducted his whole orchestra for a long period of time in vegas he was like during he was around frank sinatra when frank sinatra was like protesting the like las vegas circuit for not allowing um people of color to play in the regular clubs and stay in the regular hotels he like had hands on that dude and it's crazy i mean and back to just michael jackson i mean what else do i have to say he made thriller come on it's almost thriller season dude so yeah, it is he'll always be an
0: influence
2: yeah he has he'll always have an influence i mean frank sinatra alone and um michael jackson are just two gigantic influences and then he he started playing when he was 16 with like ray charles and shit so it's like they were like Dang. they were like one of like best friends almost so it's pretty crazy check it out man it's a badass documentary it's by, it was made by uh, it was made by Rashida by Jones actually. So. The daughter. Yeah, I never re- I never realized that was his daughter till like recently, but she- I had love Rashida Jones, so mind I just say. Um, yeah, she's cool.
1: She alright. I mean she's. She not, hasn't really done much post The Office. Nothing really major, but that's good that she has this, and I've heard a lot of good reception for that. So maybe she'll have a promising career in like documentary work.
2: I think she does a bunch of like female activism type shit. I don't really follow her, but from what uh, little bits of her that I've seen, I'm down with.
0: Activism. Oh, she's what?
2: talk about trying. She's definitely trying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that was a, a weird segue into the Joneses. The Joneses, town.
2: Well, the Joneses, I mean, okay, whatever about Rashida Quincy Jones. Phenomenal. Michael Could Jackson, phenomenal. Did you say that phenomenal. that
0: was a, Brother
2: Johnson, a big phenomenal. influence
0: on you? in that regard then
2: well watching the documentary was an influence for me because i it made me like i'm going to have to keep working every fucking day and every not every minute but as much as i can like there's no time to rest if i want to be at that caliber of a creative and an influencer i mean i don't want to be a full on influencer like that but like i keep saying yeah. i don't want to be stuck in a mundane circle of life uh-huh. even if i, I have to that's really the bigger struggle
0: question with- then it's like yeah do you want what i mean with that with everything that you you see in what cons- what is considered an influencer, Can, do you see yourself ever becoming, or wanting to become that, or? Um... I mean, I definitely
2: want to have something to leave behind in my life because I don't want to just live my life feeding off the earth. I don't want to contribute something to the earth. I mean, not that like what we're, our podcast is going to be the thing that saves the Earth, because but I mean, I feel like. Getting to that caliber of not like, uh, for lack of a better word, fame. I guess I don't. I'm not trying to be famous, but you get what I mean. Like being held in a certain regard. I feel like that opens doors to making a bigger impact on the world in a it larger really does. scale. Like it really like, does. Like you said, I mean, like as far fetched as it sounds, of Quincy Jones having this whatever information. He he was in a position to where if he did want to start like brushing shoulders with politicians or, or like using his impact for something good he totally could have so i feel like i can kind of balance being creative and making notoriety off that and then also giving back to the world and to some regard in any way i can Mm
1: -hmm. yeah you have to almost attain power before you can really do anything positive or negative however you choose it and influencer is such a loaded and broad term what do you what do you
0: mean by uh the first part because like
1: gain power as in you have to like achieve something to reach a certain stature and level. But to change what you mean? Well, whatever you want. I mean, it could, whatever you want to contribute, how, whatever influence you want to have be it negative or positive. You know, there's no one answer to that. It's whatever impact you want to have, be it in like your community or maybe the world at large. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go into politics? Do you want to go into like anything tech? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a big thing.
2: Yeah, it's a big, big uh, world to take a bite out of. And that's that's just how I see myself taking a crack and bite out of that world. I mean, it's different for everybody, you know? But that's yeah, what my end goal in life is. So I don't want to be like I, – I mean, I always – I don't want to take what my life I have now for granted because I really love my life and everything going around around me. But I just want to do something bigger and better. I just have this voice inside of me that just keeps wanting to uh, – uh. Alien constipation. Constipation. And
1: the greatness is that shit that you need to take. I have a greatness
2: constipation right now. And I need to take a golden <laughs> shit on this world, dude. Right? Stat.
1: <laughs> Just Stat. a nice steamer. A nice steamy. But I get that. Because I don't want to be like. I don't know. I don't want to live a life and reach near the end, or what I think is going to be the end, and feel like I didn't reach my potential. Or, I, know, didn't, or I didn't. Nobody
2: should I, want that. Or I didn't try to reach my potential. I at least just want to. Or try. yeah, there you go. I don't want to just be like going day to day. I want life is short, and I have. Well, I'm young. I'm capable. Like I'm in a position where I can make better myself in the way that I want to be. And days are going by. Years go by faster, dude. Life's getting getting shorter. And when the time comes, when I'm old. I want to be like well at least I did the damn thing. I may not be where I'm at for doing the damn thing, but like I back to what I was saying, the journey is what I made had a good time doing with the damn thing. That just yeah.
0: sounds you want sad. to have that satisfaction. It's not that sad. So sad. Why is it sad? It's,
1: I mean, it's. sad to be, so sad. be sad. So, and we'll get I mean,
0: by. I, why does it, it sounds sound sad? Like it's like you're you're working to achieve. I mean I don't, I don't think it's an unattainable goal like you're saying like there is something that you're trying to reach but then you have to work your whole life at that and then well, once you once What does work entail sati- like are satisfied? Well
2: what, what is what your mean? definition like, No 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 that's not what I'm saying like I like, uh, I want to enjoy the work meant. that I want to be able to be enjoying the work that I'm doing and the work that I want to be doing comes from a creative place and I want to be able to keep saying – like I made myself more aligned with how I feel, how I see the world. And I'm like, even if I don't reach that shit, like, I'm not going to say, like, I worked my whole life and, like, I didn't make it. Like, I'm going to make sure every day of my life is lived to the fullest and it's doing everything that I want to do. And whether that be just staying at home and creating a mix, reading another book that's kind of sharpening my knowledge for something, working on the podcast, dude. I just want to be creating something for, you know, my benefit Mm. and my internal satisfaction you know like if i don't and then if i don't reach it i'm not going to be like hating on my life and thought i worked my entire life like because again my definition of work it may be different from others and if i'm enjoying the work that i'm doing then it's no strain on my life
1: yeah and sometimes work can be satisfying
2: you know exactly it's... work is so satisfying i have more satisfaction well, like,
0: like your own creative work of course not... yeah yeah, dog. I There's, fucking hate uh, yeah, my job. Exactly yeah, like you're saying, come on. Your own dog. creative work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the work that you want to be doing. It's not exactly. the work that is designated for people. Yeah, you know yeah, what I Yeah,
2: mean? exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't, I don't take my work and my like position for granted because I have a great, I mean, job. Okay, whatever. But I, am I happy like living this like safe life? No. I mean, I'm happy, but I'm not the kind of happy that. There's no more. Yeah. There's still more to be and had. we're still and young. to keep okay. doing it, yeah. So There's
1: no point to settle at 27, Mm-mm. you know?
0: Definitely. Or 26. Yeah, as old
2: as I so... may think I am at sometimes, um, it, it, we're still very young. We still have a long yeah. way to go. I mean, you, I even, like, look at, like, this, my coworkers around me, and I'm like, I feel old, but damn, compared to these people, I'm hella young. And they must see, like, when I go to, like, because for my job, I have to go see a bunch of different clients for places, and, like, I wonder what, like, I always think, like, damn, they must think, like, this young-ass fool's coming up here, like, talking to me and shit <laughs> i don't know yeah so i don't know point of my story is keep, keep striving and don't basically i don't want to be live a life of discouragement no matter how hard it is to strive past that i don't know
1: and it is difficult but it's good to have a you know live for a sense of satisfaction but I don't know i guess you want to achieve something and you want to do more and you want to live up to your potential you don't want to just yeah. like get by and and dude, be 40 and just be like oh well i didn't really try yeah and, and dude, feel that sense of regret
2: i'm not like i, I have confidence that to, to know that i'm not gonna like i'm gonna get to where i want to get you know like i will never i am never going to be satisfied until i do like and i feel like i i'm never even gonna be satisfied and i used to like be scared of that like <laughs> Fuck! Am I ever gonna be happy? But I am happy, and like, I think my strive to keep growing my satisfaction is gonna be what motivates me and keeps me from being stuck in one place. So stay hungry. Stay hungry. Yeah, <laughs> I heard the, the. I heard a good quote that was like the best way to kill an ego is to have dreams that you can never fulfill. So ego is the killer yeah. of creativity. So I don't want to have a big ego and let that shit get to my head, but. That's why I dream big, man. That's why I don't want to be satisfied with what I'm doing because then I slow down. Because you know what? There's someone yeah, I mean, else there's, out there that's going to do it and take exactly – do what you want to be doing that someone out there is trying to do it just as hard.
1: Thank so. you, Motivational
2: Josh. I'm telling you, dude. I've been on that motivational kick. I've been in 40 laws it's, it's of power. There's
1: enough, people, there's enough people in the world who've settled and are just kind of like, I'll get by. Exactly. And I don't want to just I don't just need get to by. be one of those people.
2: Yeah, dude. I'll struggle my ass off if I have to. And, yeah, and it's, it's, it doesn't it. hurt
1: to work hard to, for something you want. Yeah, dude. You it's know, the no most satisfying.
2: the most satisfying thing to work towards. So, yeah, Let I mean, this, nothing uh,
1: feels better than like spending a day, you know, as exhausting as it may be, doing something you loved, and at the end of it, relaxing and feeling like you earned it
2: i mean yeah dude that's also you made that
1: step of course i I can i
2: can really like rest my shoulders like after i've worked like a hard-ass day like doing what i want to do obviously like i'll probably stay up late and make the edit this podcast and then by the end of it i'll be like oh that has worked it wake up a little tired but whatever like yeah i'm enjoying this editing all this shit Work talking to you guys committing time to something that we find joy in and a shared experience i mean
1: I find myself doing that even now, just like I'm editing photos. I stay up till three or two AM. And sometimes I do kind of regret it because I'm fucking tired in the morning, but yeah. I don't, after like the first hour of being awake, I don't actually regret it. Like no way, I regret yeah. being tired, but I don't regret spending my time doing that. Cause it was awesome. And like, it's nice to like, Use it. You and know, you're rather getting, but you're, sleep, lose a couple hours of sleep than sleep in like a piece of shit. Yeah, no and you're reason. getting
2: better at it. Like you may not see, like you said, that instant satisfaction, but you're every, you're every day you work towards something. Every day you water that flower of your aspirations. It's, you're getting better at it, and it's growing to be a lot stronger. There you go. So water that flower, so listeners.
1: On. Listeners, keep take, on. Uh, keep take take heed.
2: Take heed. Yeah. Do your damn thing. I was going to say something else motivational as fuck, but I forgot, so (laughs) never mind.
1: Just looking up, like, top ten quotes on YouTube. Uh, Here we go. Uh,
2: (laughs) Step over the foot of others because the others will step within yours. I just added a nice... (laughs) (laughs) What is that?
0: Just read some uh, Rupi Kapoor milk and honey poems. Oh, those are basically self motivational. I'm gonna read
2: the secret little lines.
1: You know the secret? Oh fuck! I hated the secret, and there I were hated people in high secret. school were so about it, and like, no, it's real. Oh, and then like Paul. a year later, it's like this is bullshit. No it's shit. Like, oh <laughs> boy. Oh boy. Well, some people really do rely on that self help shit a lot. It's kind dude,
2: of sad so and people funny. Do. Yeah. But whatever works for you, man. I mean, shit. Look at fucking. uh yeah. what did we see magic johnson and uh who was the other guy Jewell, we saw the billboard with not so long ago who's the motivational
1: oh it wasn't it was pitbull and um <laughs> the fucking uh what's that dude uh he does he does, uh, the, not magic johnson. he does the motivation he's in uh shallow hell he's in shallow hell fuck, what's his name yeah he's he's what? in that he's oh, fuck Oh, but anyways, motivation. Pitbull's giving out motivational speeches, no, so that's always great.
2: Because it was funny who he was doing with. <laughs> Tony Powers? no. That, fuck, there's, there's no. Yeah, to.
1: there you go. Tony Robbins, Tony, <laughs> Tony Robbins, dale y dale duro. Tony Robbins I came and up Pitbull, with that, dude. That so, little gold <laughs> nugget.
2: If Pitbull and Tony Robbins can have a fucking segment on how to better your life, you can. You don't need. <laughs> your life is. I don't know what I don't know what you're doing if you're listening to Pitbull.
1: So. That night was inspirational because we listened to Edgar Wright and hearing him talk about it was just That was cool, yeah. Great.
2: Yeah, he was doing it just for the sake of doing it. And it's cool that he worked with the Mighty Boosh guys because they definitely are aligned in their humor and not like, just being true to themselves. So That was actually really cool. Yeah, he's
1: always been a creative influence on me. Every time, like he was one of the first films I saw and it's like, I don't know how you do that, but this, I want to learn how to do that.
2: Scott Pilgrim's on uh, Netflix now, Why?
1: I was just watching that uh, I don't know if I'm not my not my favorite film of his, but I love it's, that movie, it's not bad.
2: Always, it's just it's just a fun movie, and I'm always entertained when I it watch.
1: is. It's that cool. uh, Chris Evans part is fucking hilarious. His uh, uh, <laughs> body double. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know there's
2: some funny parts in that movie. There is. There is. Yeah. Well, wrapping things up here, y'all. I wanted to say it was good to talk to you guys as always because you guys inspire me as well. You, uh, spoiler alert! My friends are my biggest inspiration. Friendship, Aww. building, friends wow. building my friends, making my friends like me. See C- uh, Caesar, who do you like more, me or Jawal? Uh
0: C- oh, Joshua. Tune in
1: next. <laughs> oh, there we go. I like
2: that. Jawal, who do you like more, me or Caesar? He he didn't like you, dog. So,
0: mm,
1: you might I like
2: know. myself. Oh, whoa! That was a twist answer. <laughs> whoa. I know. You don't want to hear what You're I. Who, you best. want to hear who I like more? No one cares. No. <laughs> um, no, no. All right. Well then. <laughs> who do you like the most? I love you both the same. Same. Um Wow. How, what a great way, way to end this that. episode. I'm such a well balanced, motivational, level headed <laughs> dude. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I grab this podcast by the rails and just take it on a journey that's never. This podcast is the it's Pegasus and I'm Hercules guiding us into the heavens.
1: That's going to be the image for this week's episode. <laughs>
2: you guys, you guys on a like a Pegasus head horse heads and then me as Hercules. I'll just give you a photo of me uh, in the shower and you can throw me on a on a chariot.
1: No, you don't need to photoshop that. That's perfect enough.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just going to send it to you. I'll make sure I'm fresh out of the shower.
1: Did Hercules ride Pegasus? Is that his thing? Yeah, don't you remember the movie dog? Come on. In the Disney oh, movie. Oh, in the Disney movie, but yes. not like oh, it doesn't matter. It lore. doesn't fucking
2: matter. <laughs> not in the lore. You know what? I'm gonna jump back into Joel? I've I've made the decision. Speaking of it's that of war, yes, sir. Oh, actually, I got. You got what?
1: Nothing. I was getting that bad boy primed and ready.
2: Ooh, you're gonna hop on, huh? I like you, dude. Yeah. Kind You're kind of cool. Ooh, we got that red oh. controller. But uh, So hot. So hot. Well, anyways. Let's end this one. Yeah, let's end, let's end it. Let me,
1: let me get my gun out and end my
2: entire life because, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to reach it. But anyways, thank you, listeners, for – Man,
1: uh, it doesn't matter.
2: In the, it, this episode, can I just say, it was about connecting dots back and forth. We started off a little sloppy, and then, I, like I said, zaddy Hercules over here reined it back in, kind of made everything tie off. In the end, it doesn't even matter, folks. So will be the quote. Be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Good
1: segue. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> we
2: got a Patreon up. Go find it. Um, it's on our SoundCloud page. Give, give us money. Uh, it
1: doesn't matter in the end. Just give us some your
2: likes. money. Just yeah. In the end, it doesn't even matter until I make a dollar. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, like and subscribe us, please. We're on iTunes. Um, this episode will be up on iTunes tomorrow. Well, today if you're listening to it. SoundCloud, Patreon, and anywhere else. Anything else you guys want to say?
0: Live free and die young.
2: Live free and die hard, baby. Yeah, I
0: thought you were going to quote that one. (laughs) Live life like Bruce
1: Willis on the edge. On the edge.
2: (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. We will see you on Sunday if you're a Patreon subscriber, and if not, next week. So, peace out, folks. Have a good night, y'all. Good night. Night.
1: Bye. Goodbye.